0: Good morning, welcome again to Morning Devotions. I'm Pastor Sumrall, the pastor of the Cathedral of Praise. And here we are, the end of another week. Pastor A will be doing morning devotion tomorrow while I'm over in uh, the drive-in services at South Campus. And uh, then we're into the Sunday services. And then we start up again on Monday. It's amazing how quickly the weeks go by. But thank you for the privilege of coming into your home every morning and again every evening. Now, some of you have been asking, when is Brother John going to be back on? Well, quickly, but you know, I don't, I don't like to push Brother John. I always tell Brother John, you can do whatever you'd like to do, and whatever you don't like to do, that's also fine. He's, he's Tata, okay? He's, he's Lolo. So we just, we let him do what he can do at his pace, and we're just very happy for whatever he does. He's doing well. Talked with him early this morning before I'm doing this, and um, he's doing really well. Let's get started this morning with Psalms chapter 91, our passage that we just keep really strong in our heart in these days. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, cause and effect. The Most High, who is my refuge, No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him. Because he knows my name, when he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble I will rescue him and honor him with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. We spent a lot of time praying for the seniors we spent a lot of time praying for people's finances we spent a lot of time praying for the frontliners but young people you you are not forgotten. Young people this has been a really really hard year on you. And it's been hard on you for a lot of reasons. Number one, you're full of energy and you can't leave the house. Number two, you're bored and you don't know what to do. Number three, there's way too much temptation on that internet. I want us to pray for all the young people today. And young people, please, I I have nothing critical to say to you. You know I love you. And you know what's really hard is I miss walking up and slapping all the young guys on the back and... You know, bumping fists and all that kind of stuff. And I miss all the kids running up and hugging me. You miss the family relationships of church. Church is family. We're not, we're not a social movement. We're not a, a political movement. We're, we're family. And when you're not with your family, you really miss it. I miss the excitement and the enthusiasm of the young people. I miss watching your faces as you lift your hearts upon your hands and worship him, and you, your faces are all aglow with his presence. I miss watching you dig into God and reach out to God with everything within you. I miss that. I'm so looking forward to when we at least get 50% capacity and we can have young people come back in. In Dava right now, they're on uh, general quarantine, 50% capacity, and the seniors and the young people can go to church. I'm so looking forward for that day for us in Manila. And I want to walk up and hug all the young guys and say hi to all the young ladies and shake their hands. And I want lots of hugs from all the kids. I'll never forget when the kids first started calling me Lolo. At first I was like, am I that old already that the kids are calling me Lolo? But I've learned to embrace it. I love all the kids. I love their hugs. I love their fresh faces and their big smiles. And some of the young boys, when they walk up and try to tackle me. It's wonderful to be a part of a big family. Now, young people, I'm saying all of this because I want you to understand, we miss you too. It's not just you that feels lonely. We miss you. We miss all that life that flows out of you. So, young people, this is going to pass soon. Just be careful not to let your love grow cold for God. Be careful not to let your heart get drawn away after things that are useless and needless. I I wouldn't say sinful. I would just say useless and needless, okay? Be productive in this time. Father, I bring to you all of the young people today. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that your hand would rest upon them. I ask for your hand of grace, your keeping grace upon every young man and every young lady. Father, they've worked hard to get to where they are. They've studied hard to get to where they are now. And it's like everything that they've been working for got ripped away from them. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, give them a heart of patience. Give them a heart of patience in these times. And put hope within their heart, Father, that this thing may have delayed a few things, but delay is not denied. And that you still have all of your blessings and you still have all of the wonderful destinies that you have laid out for them, and all the good works that you've laid out for them in advance. Father, lift the heads of the young people today. Let your hand rest upon them. Let your gracious love flow to them. Encourage their hearts, Father. Take all that discouragement, take all that almost bitterness out of their hearts, Lord, because it's like their life's been taken away. And Father, instead, let them put a simple rest of faith there within their hearts because they know you're in control. You hold their life in your hands. And Lord, you are going to make their life and you are going to build their life. And you are going to unfold their destiny of Jesus tarries. I pray for the young people, Lord, that are having a hard time getting enrolled. Father, because of a lack of finances, lack of finances for computers and pads. and Father, it's like, everything changed father let the finances flow let their families be blessed every mom and dad wants the best for their kids lord let the young people understand that and lord supernaturally bless every family that the finances can be there for this college the finances can be there for all these new tools that are necessary that they can move forward with their lives i thank you for it father and lord Incline their hearts to your word. That's one of your promises. Incline their hearts to your word and stir up the spirit of supplication within them. Let this be a time where their spiritual lives grow and develop. Let this be a time where their spiritual lives go deeper. Lord, we have to take root deep below before we can bear fruit above. Let this be a time of taking root below, Lord. Let their roots go deep into you, Lord. Let their roots reach out deep for the water of the Holy Spirit. And then, Lord, let there be a tremendous fruit bearing above. I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some time in worship. New Testament passage today is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. Now, Paul really gets in people's faces at this point in time. He said, it is actually reported. Now, who in the world could have been doing this reporting? Well, probably Choli and his friends that had come to see Paul, that we saw in Acts 1 and 2. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And of a kind that is not tolerated even among the pagans. For a man has his father's wife. So that's the stepmother. The Greek literally brings out stepmother. Paul said, now what what in the world is going on? You you have a young man in church. Okay, In, in church. In the fellowship, coming to services. In church. A young man. Having sex with his stepmother. And he said, you know, even the unsaved people, that's thats nasty. He said, even the unsaved people do not tolerate it. He said, what is this? He said, Art and you are arrogant. He said, what, what is it with you people? You look at this and, and you won't do anything about it. You're arrogant about it. It's almost as if you're you're proud and defending this lifestyle. He said, what you should be doing is mourning. He said, now let him who has done this be removed from among you. Okay, so it should be a loss of fellowship. He said, but listen, this should make you sad. You shouldn't be arrogantly defending this. He said, for though I am absent in the body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. So Paul judged. Well, you know, the Bible says, judge not lest ye be judged. When people, people who quote that know just enough about the Bible to try to defend their sinful lifestyle. Okay, Paul judged. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord. Now, notice this is a Service, okay? This is a service. You are not assembled... You are not assembled in the name of basketball. You're not assembled in the name of bowling. You're not assembled in the name of milk tea. You're not assembled in the the name of Chowking. King. You are assembled in the name of the Lord. This is a real service. This is the difference between a group of people, the, the difference between a gathering the difference between a gathering of people and a service. You're gathered in the name of the Lord. He said, and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus. All right, so Paul said, I am there but in spirit. He said, and the power or the ability, Jesus's ability is present. See, when you gather together in his name, he's there. His ability is present. That's why miracles happen in services. And you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Now notice, remember that man is a body, soul, and spirit. Literally, we are a spirit being And that spirit being has a soul and has a body. Okay? Now, he says, deliver this man over to Satan. You stand there and say, Satan, we turn this man's body over to you. We are not giving you his spirit. The purpose is for the destruction of his flesh. Now, why flesh? Because Paul said, Se- sexual sins are the only sin that you commit against your body. Okay, this is a sin against your body. So all the other sins are outside of the body. When a man sins sexually, he sins against his body. For the destruction of his body, so that his, flat, his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. So we still want this guy to say, we want to be redemptive. He said, we don't want to be destructive. We want to be redemptive. We want this man to go to heaven. And later in 2 Corinthians, Paul said, Now restore this brother. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? He said, Listen, what you tolerate, well, let me just put it even more, more bluntly the sin you tolerate in church grows you tolerate sexual immorality it grows you tolerate drunkenness it grows a little leaven leavens the whole lump now i've seen this in my life i've i've preached for churches before where the pastor was in sexual sin in fact the one i'm thinking about is this pastor was actually having sex with a witch on the altar before service every night happened in california and then they told me you know pastor somewhere you have to understand in our, in our, we used to call them cell groups. He said, in our cell groups, they've turned into wife-swapping parties. So we all get together, and we pray, and we worship, and we have a Bible study, and then we separate into different rooms in the house and have sex with each other's mates. Now, where did such a thing come from? It was tolerated, and a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Parents, if you allow one of your children to live in flagrant sin, it will affect all of your children. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. He said, cleanse out the old leaven, cleanse out the sin that you may be a new lump. Now, in all the teachings that you read about who we are in Christ Jesus, people always leave this one out. We are a new lump, a new lump of dough that is unleavened without sin. As you really are unleavened for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So this is going back to all the teaching of Passover. All the leaven had to be removed from the room. Uh, Jesus told the disciples, go, you'll find a room that's been prepared. In other words, all the leaven had been removed. Let us celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. He said, listen, this, this is who we are. Now, notice, he says, when people come to church, When they they come to the celebration, he said, when they come to the celebration, they should not see malice and evil. When they come to the celebration, they should see sincerity and truth. Not perfection, but sincerity and truth. I wrote you in my letter, so there are other letters. We do not know whatever happened to them, but there were other letters that Paul wrote to Corinth. I wrote you in my letter not to associate with a sexually immoral person not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy or swindlers or idolaters since you would need to go out of the world. He said, all right, now listen, I've taught you not to judge. And I've taught you, you know, welcome to life, okay? Life is you have to be around these people that that are living in sin because that's who they are, okay? Okay. But he said, listen, when I'm talking about these sexually immoral people, he said, I'm not talking about unsaved people. He said, I'm writing you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother. Okay, Christians. If he is guilty, not accused, but guilty. There's a difference. Of sexual immorality. Greed. Is an idolater. A reviler less like a rebellious person a drunkard or a swindler not to even eat with such a one Wow so that's pretty clear that when it comes to to our Christian relationships we're kind of careful about who we have relationships with now this this is what I would call Christian relationships Now, when you find a Christian who drinks a lot, they're drunkards, you know what? You need to get a new friend. See, one of our great challenges as Pinoy's is that we are very loyal to friendship. I mean, if someone was our classmate in third grade, we we, we maintain a relationship with them for the rest of our life. That's who we are. That's our culture. But now, as a Christian culture, Paul would say, when your friends change, you need to change friends. Now, if you have a Christian friend who is messing around, you don't stay involved in his life because or her life because you're wanting to help them. Are you wiser than God? See, you think you're going to help them, but what really is going to happen is a little leaven is going to leaven the whole lump. If they're off committing sexual immorality, you, just, you don't go to war with people. You don't fight with people. You're just busy. If there is a Christian friend who is full of greed, you know what, you just, you don't go to war, you don't fight, you just find new friends. An idolater, a reviler, a drunkard, a swindler. You know, these Christian con artists that go around and borrow money and never pay anybody back. I I just find new friends. See, I'm a real funny person. I'm completely attached to my wife. I'm completely attached to my daughter. I'm completely attached to Jesus. But everybody else is conditional. What, you have no loyalty? No, I'm loyal to Jesus. And if Jesus says that I need to change friends, then I change friends. I've had preacher friends that I've known that you know, when they get off into adultery, I try to help them. I go see them. I call them on the phone. One guy, I even got on an airplane and, and went and pulled him off. And this is before 9-11, lock 9-11 and all the changes in security. But I actually went on to an airplane in Hawaii and took a guy who had been a friend off the airplane and said, we're gonna talk. He was already in his seat to fly. I flew in on my flight, grabbed him off the airplane. Now you can't do things like that today, but years ago you could. Because his wife called me and told me what he was doing. And he heard I was coming and was trying to escape. But now he wouldn't change. So you know what? That's the last time I've talked to him to this day. Now, if he repents, I will receive him back as a friend. It will be as if this interim period never existed. But while he's sleeping around and going through four or five, and I think he's on his fifth wife now, while he's sleeping around, he's not gonna be my friend. If I have pastors that I know that, you know, when they get on airplanes, they get drunk. If I have pastors that I know that when they're traveling, they get drunk, you know what? Sorry. I'm not around anymore. When friends change, change friends. Now some of you, forgive me, you really need to get a hold of this truth because some of you, you don't understand. Those relationships are holding you back and straight talk. Those friendships are hurting your children. They're seeing Tito or Tita and they're drinking and they're seeing Tito or Tita messing around with adultery and they're seeing you still hang out and be friends with them. You don't think that has an effect upon your children's morality? Some of you just need to learn. Life is too short to waste it on Christians who want to live in sin. We have a world to reach, and there are good Christians that can be our friends. She said, don't even eat. Don't even have a meal with these people. Don't go to the parties with them. Well, what have I to do with judging outsiders? He said, is it not is not those inside the church whom you are to judge? All right, so inside the church, we're to judge people. We're to sit there and evaluate and go now, you know what, that is not a person I want in my life. That is not a person that I want my sons or my daughters to imitate. God judges out those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Yeah, there are times that we tell people, listen, You you just need to stop coming to church. I'm sorry. We love you. And when you're living right, we would love to have you here. And we're not claiming that anybody here is perfect. But you can't keep living like this and being around here. You've got to live holy. Now, I know that goes completely against modern Christianity where, oh, because of the grace of God, we accept you as you are. You know what? We accept every unsaved person as they are, but among the Christians, purge the evil person from among you. Wow. All right, let's open up our hearts. That's really getting into some Christian relationships and some of you, forgive me, some of you need to reevaluate your friendships right now and as we come out of lockdown, you're just moving in a different direction. Now, you never need to go to war with somebody. You never need to fight and have a big confrontation. You're just busy. OK, you're just you're just busy with other things and you're just, you know, you've got a lot of things to do right now coming out of lockdown. So focus on finding some new friends, friends that love to pray, friends that love the word, friends that love the Great Commission, friends that love Jesus, not the world. <laughs> All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship.
1: See. Kristo ang kasama Siguradong hindi ka na-asa Sa hirap, manol,
0: Testament passage today picks up in Job chapter 16 verse 1. And I asked Brother John if he can try to put things together because I forgot to push the button with all the underlining of the last passage. So maybe John can patch this together a little bit. Then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are <laughs> miserable comforters are you all? <laughs> You know, at some point, Job just said, man, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of your condemnation and your accusation. He said, shall windy words have an end? Or what provokes you that you answer? He said, I could also speak as you do. If you were in my place, I could join words together against you and shake my head at you. I could strengthen you with my mouth and the salt of my lips could have caused your pain. If I speak, my pain is not assaged. And if I forbear, how much of it leaves me? Surely now God has worn me out. He has made me desolate, all my company. No, Satan did this. Now remember in chapter one and two, how Satan was always trying to make God the one who did it. God, you do this, God, you do this. It's amazing how Satan always wants to make God blamed for all the bad stuff satan wants to take all the credit for good things in the world but it's exactly the opposite he has shriveled me up no he hasn't which is a witness against me and my leanness has risen up against me it testifies to my face he has torn me in his wrath and hated me god did not he gnashed his teeth at me and my adversary sharpens his eyes against me not true you see, when we've gone through a season of pain and we, we've gone through all these people saying good things about God and all of this stuff is our fault and God's mad at us, it has an effect upon our thinking. And listen to Job. He said, God has torn me in his wrath and hated me. God did not. God was proud of him. Go back to keep Job 1 and 2 very clearly in your mind. Men have gaped at me with their mouth, they have struck me insolently on the cheek and they massed themselves together against me. God gives me up to the ungodly and casts me into the hands of the wicked. No, he did not. I was at ease, he broke me apart. He seized me by the neck, he dashed me to pieces. He set me up as his target, not true. God never did any of this. But again, the bitterness of Job's heart is speaking, which is why the correction at the end of Job is so strong. God corrects him, because he said a lot of bad things about God that just aren't true. But brothers and sisters, this is, forgive me, but straight talk, this is some of your heart right now. Man, you have walked through hard times in these last five or six months. Now some of you, this this has been an inconvenience, but you're okay. But some of you, my goodness, you've walked through hard times. And if you're not careful, all of a sudden, you begin to get this guilt and shame and bitterness in your heart. And you think that God is doing all this to you. And you begin to say these things to God. God's not doing these things to you. His archers surround me. He slashes open my kidneys and does not spare. He pours out my gall on the ground. He breaks me with breach after breach and runs upon me like a warrior. Wow, God does not attack you. God does not attack you. See, a good comforter would have sat down with him and said, Job, 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 please. God's not doing this to you. God is good and his mercy endures forever. This this is not God. Reach out to God, he's your solution. He's your healer, he's your provider, he's your deliverer, he's your restorer. I have sewed sackcloth upon my skin and have laid my strength in the dust. My face is red with weeping and my eyelids in deep darkness. Although there's no violence in my hands and my prayer is pure. eh, I don't know, he'd been saying some pretty bad things about God. O earth, cover not my blood. Let not my cry, let my cry find no resting place. Even now, behold, my witness is in heaven and he who testifies for me is on high. My friends scorn me. Wow. My eyes pour out tears to God. Now there's quite a statement and that's true. He said, my friends scorn me. These these guys that are supposed to encourage me, they're terrible comforters, they scorn me. They, they, they just belittle me and, and accuse me. He said, my eyes pour out tears to God. Now, I want to park on that one for just a minute. God sees every tear that you ever cry. Sometimes your tears are to God. You need to think about that a little bit. He didn't say, my eyes pour out tears to people to see like an actor or an actress. My eyes pour out tears to God. That he would argue the case of a man with God as a son of man does with his neighbor. For when a few years have come, I shall go away from which I shall not return. Job chapter 17, verse 1. My spirit is broken. My days are at strength. The graveyard is ready for me. He said, I'm ready to die. He said, I'm ready to die. But now this first part, my spirit is broken. That's pretty strong. His spirit was broken. A broken spirit. Now this is quite a study in the Bible. Sometimes do a phrase search on broken spirit. Surely there are, mo- see, when a person's spirit is broken, they've given up the will to live. You've often heard doctors say, We've done everything we can do, now they have to fight. They're talking about man's spirit, that they're not going to die, they're not giving up. But when the spirit is broken, people will just die for no reason. This is a huge study. Surely there are mockers about me and my eyes dwell on their provocation." (laughs) Okay, these friends are mockers, and my eye dwells on their provocation. This is what he could see. He said, All I can see is these people provoking me. Lay down a pledge for me with yourself. Who is there who will put up security for me? Since you have closed your hearts to understanding, therefore you will not let them triumph. He who informs against his friends to get a share of their property, the eyes of their children will fail. Wow, this is betrayal. He who informs against his friends to get purpose, a share of their property, the eyes of his children will fail. Wow, he said these guys, forgive me, these guys are vultures. These guys All they want is what I've got. He has made me a byword of the peoples, and I am one whom men spit. My eye has grown dim from vexation, and all my members are like a shadow. The upright are appalled at this, and the innocent stirs himself against the godless. Yet the righteous holds his sway, and he who has clean hands grows stronger and stronger. This is true. This is a very good statement. Yet the righteous holds to his way. I'm not, I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to break. Holds to his way. He who has clean hands grows stronger and stronger. You know, sometimes in life you don't know who's right and who's wrong. Watch who grows stronger and stronger. Did you hear what I just said? Watch who grows stronger and stronger holds to his way. You don't bend, you don't bend, you don't bow, you don't break. But you come on again, all of you, and I shall not find a wise man among you. My days are past, my plans are broken off, the desires of my heart. I'm ready to die. My days, my plans, the desires of my heart. They make night into the day. The light, they say, is near to darkness. If I hope for Sheol as my house, if I make my bed in darkness. If I say to the pit, you are my father, and to the worm, my mother or my sister, where then is my hope? Who will see my hope? Will I go down to the bars of Sheol? Shall shall we descend together into the dust? Chapter 18, verse 1. Then Beldad, the Shuhite answered. How long will you hunt for words? Consider, and then we will speak. (laughs) Here's the rebuke. Another wonderful comforter. Why are we counted as cattle? Why are we stupid in your sight? Well, because you are. Sorry, (laughs) because you are. You know, everything you're saying is wrong. You who would tear yourself in your anger shall the earth be forsaken for you or the rock be removed out of its place. Indeed, the light of the wicked is put out and the flame of his fire does not shine. The light is dark in his tent and his lamp above him is put out. His strong steps are shortened and his own schemes throw him down. Okay, so here is again... Accusation. His own schemes. I said, Job, this is all your fault. Your own schemes have destroyed you. For he is cast into the net by his own feet and he walks on its mesh. A trap seizes him by a heel. A snare lays hold of him. A rope is hidden for him in the ground. A trap for him in the path. Terror frightens him on every side and chase him at his heels. His strength is famished, and calamity is ready for his stumbling. It consumes the parts of his skin. The firstborn of death consumes his limbs. Remember, Job is full of boils and infection. Okay, They're saying, Job, this is you. He is torn from the tent in which he trusted and is brought to the king of terrors. In his tent dwells that which is none of his. Sulfur is scattered over his habitation. His roots dry up beneath him. His branches wither from above. In other words, there's no future for you, Job. Your whole future is destroyed. His memory perishes from the earth, and he has no name in the street. He is thrust from light into darkness and driven out of the world. He has no posterity or progenity among his people and no survivor where he used to live. They of the west are appalled at his day and horror seizes them of the east. Surely such are the dwellings of the unrighteous. Such is the place of him who knows not God. Wow. So now they're saying that Job is not righteous and they're saying that Job does not know God. God. But remember chapter 1, have you considered my servant Job, blameless in all his ways? Job knew God, and God knew Job, and God was proud of Job. Bad things happen to good people, but it's amazing how religion comes into the attack. It's amazing. Now, tonight we're going to get back into the book of Romans. And we're going to begin to dig more into this concept of circumcision and ceremony. And, you know, you can get people out of religion, but it's a lot harder, Paul shows us, to get religion out of people. People will be saved by faith, and they still want to add religious trappings that are required for salvation. So we'll get more into that tonight, 7 o'clock. We'll see you then.